What's up, guys? Welcome to another exciting edition of Real Estate Podcast, episode 324. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. And I'm here with Adam. And this week we watched a clone Tyrone. It's kind of weird this came out right after Jamie Foxx came back and he was like, no, I didn't get cloned. Evil Kiefer Sutherland. He was fucking evil. Um, there was a, like, when I was watching this, there was a, there was like this weird shift at one point where it went from being like the, you know, the, you know, the, in the first act, you always got your character introduction and development and stuff, but there was a shift where like, it kind of like around the time where it almost goes off the deep end, Mm -hmm. but like the acting goes from good to like warp speed. Good. Yeah. Jamie Foxx killed it, man. Oh, dude, absolutely. And the pimp, he had that pimp voice, you know. 1993 Player Ball Pimp Winner of the Year. Uh, he said, very, you should have seen the furs when he was like, Papa's Polar Bear. He even had the claws. Oh, man, he was popping one-liners. I was trying to keep <laughs> yeah, track of them. They were good. They were I was so like, hard. I give up. I was like, I give up. Like, man. every other line was a one-liner. Really. For real. Um, Interesting concept very did not think like i was thinking think maybe there was, was something be. yeah like it got yeah. elaborate as hell man like but you see what they did there kind of like i mean you know when you look at big cities yeah you know, everybody's got to get the new iphone everybody's well, got to like, get you uh, know what i mean you could kind of see that it was like i mean ain't wrong it is kind of like that well like almost um programmed yeah well like it's it's almost like it it borrowed to me the plot borrowed heavily from the matrix yeah they were trapped in the matrix and you know they had they had the food everything down to the food the drink the beverage yep. it was almost like this weird hybrid product, uh... yeah it was like this weird like like mashup of aspects of the matrix and uh, the Truman Show. Yep. When he and, told him, he was like, we can't get rid of you. Three weeks from now, there'll be a fucking Starbucks. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh so that was, you... what Wasn't that crazy? Well, what was crazy was they created him and gave him this backstory that his little brother died, you know, probably yeah. got shot or something. And his mom never came out of the room. I was waiting. When he woke up that one time, I was like, you need to go in that fucking room. There ain't nobody in there. Oh, but yeah. that was fucked up that that's the life they gave him. Like, you're this guy. But if you go somewhere like that, there's always those people. You got your trap guy. You got the guy that sits outside the store. It was like, you know, you got the guy that's like used to be a pimp. Yeah. Like that. Well, and had all the players. Well, it's almost like, and then they, they painted the homeless guy as the one that was awake and was yeah. just like, I'm just not going to take part in it. And that that that's what I took from the old guy every morning in front of the store. You well, know? his life was like Groundhog Day. He'd come out with a scratch off. You lose. Yeah. He'd give him a well, little he, bit. I'm like, give him more than that. I mean, well, when they're setting the plan off and he gets shot, that other the clone comes out and the guy's like, "New car smell." That's what he said. Like, you got that new car smell on you, young blood. Yeah. Like I was kind of waiting. I was kind of waiting for Fontaine. That's his, that's the character's name. I was waiting for him Tane. to start siding with the homeless guy. I don't know why I was thinking that, but I felt like because 
they were clearly showing you that he was the one that knew what was going on. Yeah, he'd been well, he'd been sitting out there watching all these years, seeing yeah, all this shit. It, but like he just like agreed, like he was going along with it. What's the, you know, maybe at one point he tried to fight it. Well, yeah, and I mean, kind of like Fontaine it, when he was like, "What's the point?" I mean, oh, it was it was sad as fuck. They even made it to where like he even tried to. Even try. I'm just gonna call it the Matrix. He tried to plug back into the Matrix, man, and just tried to. But like the scene where he's watching TV, he just throws up fucking beer, and, yep. he, and he he finally kicks the mom's door in. And there's just a little box there. How um, low key. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it had the like old school speakerphone from like yeah. the '60s. Mm-hmm. It was like, huh? Tang. Nancy Drew did a good job. Um, oh yeah, I enjoyed the cast. Kind of had I like how it had that kind of grindhouse. It had a black exploitation the, feel to it. Yeah. yeah, and it kept doing that, like change the real blimp of the quarter. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I want. I bet that would. I didn't even notice that. Actually, oh, it did it constantly, man. Well, I mean, it, it matches the tone of the movie. Especially yeah. every time Fox was on screen. Oh man, what you talking about? Uh, John Boyega did a good he job. He did a good job. Did you notice when they show the version of him that's in California, he had a different accent? Mm-hmm. When he said store? They took they, they took advantage of that uh, English uh, yeah. accent. Well, the other dude was like Stowe, you know. This one was going to the store. But when he came out of that house, I was like, damn, it's like Friday. Oh, shit, here we go again, you know. Different hairdo. Uh, and then finally he's like, oh man, whenever they, uh, whenever they finally, uh, get all the clones outside and expose everything and all yeah. that. And then like, when it cuts back to that, they're sitting there on the couch and dude's like, well, like they, they already, it already kind of started doing some of the work for them. Cause you know, they said, they were like, let's start, let's go to Memphis, see if we can bust something up over there. There's, you know, clearly these experiments yep. are being ran all over the country all, you in know? every city of the world, probably. Wow, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that it was a Netflix movie and not like it felt like it, it could. I I felt like it probably would have survived well in the box office. Yeah, yeah. It there had was to enough have a sci- budget. There was yeah, there was enough sci-fi involved to uh, oh that part, man. Where that shows them down in the uh, when they the first go down part. Well, no, when it shows those those two fucking dudes, those two white guys with the gurney rolling it past, and you hear the dude go, "You mean no salt and pepper, just boil?" He goes, "Yeah, man, it really brings out the flavor." <laughs> <laughs> Said, "Don't worry, big guy, you'll be back to yourself soon." They put that yeah. thing over his face. They fucking clockwork oranges ass. Somebody oh, even brought that up. Yeah, there was a reference. There was a lot of references. I appreciate like you, that. Like you could tell that the writer, yeah, Urs, you, two guys, yeah, you could tell that they, uh, you could tell that they, they enjoyed good sci-fi, and they were yeah. clever at, at hiding that underneath this movie. I mean, it, I mean, it, it obviously went full off. I like that it went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. It like did. it did, and it just stayed that, there. Dude, my grandfather doesn't like stuff like this, but he liked this movie. I mean, it was a silly goose time. 
Yeah, man. And, and and when I say off the deep end, it's enough that you you still keep your head above above water. Like you're yeah. It doesn't get too Nah, you can still follow. It doesn't get too cerebral. Like they 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 were really good at just showing like, all right, yeah, we've we've been manufacturing everything. It's all you know, you see the, the, the area of the facility where it's like, all right, we're putting it in the food. Okay, we're putting it in the beverages. Like, you know, that you get yeah. that little montage of that. Um, I will say that there's two riders. There's a white guy and black guy that wrote it. And Jewel Taylor, uh, the black guy that worked on it, born in 1987 uh, in Tuskegee, Alabama. wonder where he got the idea for the, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You could see, like, there's a little bit of a, like, oh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember. Is it called gentrification where, like, you purposely keep an it area? Is. Uh, Yeah, I, I think, yeah. yeah, I believe that might be the word. But, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, they, they, they well, use they, that. A lot of times they'll do that to drive the property value down and then come in and buy it up. Yeah. Clean yeah. it up. That's why they do that. There was a, there was like, like when they started doing the reveal of like how, cause you know, they have, they kept showing that setup where it's like, so what are you thinking? And he's like, you ain't going to like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then it cuts to that was clever shot, as shit. And they go back yeah. and he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do pit player. Dude, when he was driving down the road, sitting on that car with his gun out, he's like, got the whole neighborhood behind me. <laughs> Jamie Jamie Foxx was so fucking funny, man. Yeah. He tapped back in. You know he what did. I'm saying? Slick Charles. Slick Charles, dude. Um, I really like how Pill has influenced so much with, with like, Get Out and Us. It did kind of have that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it felt like... If if Jordan Peele wanted to tackle sci-fi, it if you told me film. he worked on it, I'd believe you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, for sure. And it and it's cool to see like you know something that's like trying to convey you know this type of message and and be from this particular point of view as a sci-fi fit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you don't normally put two and two together in that way, but it works so perfectly well. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's because, like it was. Well, really, all you, if you could, if you thought, if you change the narrative just slightly, this movie's technically two clicks from being another Soylent Green. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, and I don't, painful. you know, I, I, I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way, but like, there's like the whole concept of like, you know, there's an underground facility running experiments. They got to keep things the way they are, like that type of stuff you know there's mad scientists thinking they're achieving the greater good but it comes at like a terrible level of oppression yeah but yeah it's it was it was interesting man i I really liked how and i love how they really paid attention to like detail like them transitioning from being in like the normal world to them dropping into the underground lab and stuff. I mean, it looked so like resident evil. You know what I mean? (laughs) A lot of, a lot of neon. Why did all the white people down there have afros? 
What was up with that? I don't know. I don't know. When they first go down there, he's like, what's this fucking dude in here with his afro? You know what he said, but. Yeah. And they then he shot him, and it was like, we're everywhere. Yeah. Black rod. Well, I do. Whenever um, McKeeper Sutherland goes and has that first talk with the town, and he freezes everyone. And then he makes dude stick the gun in his mouth. I was like, yeah. that's fucking ri- like ridiculous. Fucking, what about that accent he was rocking? He had like yeah, like yeah, it was like what? I respect him not going antebellum with it. Yeah, I was like, all right, oh, 24. Yeah. <laughs> 24, 24, 24. <laughs> that's, yeah, this movie is what happens when Jack Bauer doesn't find the bomb. He just resorts to a life of, of uh, scientific tyranny. Yeah, he said, respect the cuticle, be gentle with it. When she was doing his nails. Can't <laughs> respect the cuticle, bitch. <laughs> it's worth watching again just for his performance alone. And I mean, never mind that. Uh, like, 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 like we were talking about earlier. Like Jamie Foxx's delivery of his line. I mean, like the movie's got rewatchability for sure. And I would absolutely throw it up there with like. Like any of the other cloning style sci-fi films, like it, it absolutely deserves its place on the shelf. Yeah, I really like what they did with it, man. It's it, it's kind of crazy to me, like you were saying earlier, that they decided to just opt for a Netflix release of it because, like, well, they did a small limited theatrical run. Like, whenever I was looking for the posters, there was posters that was made for the theatrical run of it, but the guys that wrote directed this and everything like they were working on like transformers they've worked on some like decent decent uh, space stuff Jam. yeah like space, Jam. space Jam. yeah so it's so, like so they've worked under big budgets yeah 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 for sure and it's like this seems like a passion pro you know it felt like a passion project you know what i mean oh yeah uh, and you know yeah it's got it's well, you know it's got all its social commentary check this budget out it did for sure Forty-seven million dollars, wow. money. I mean, I w- I would have thought it was more. Yeah, I, really? I would. Yeah, man. Like they, they see, they're showing they can do it. a movie on a budget. That's a yeah, grossing um, over a hundred million. I would Jeez. like to. I would like to see these guys tackle either an episode or two of Loki, or maybe you know at least one of one of the last good you know, plots that's going to deal with Kang before they wrap that up, not necessarily segueing or anything, but I mean, I would like to see them not even superhero shit. I would like to see them do more. Like if they kept doing more of this, I mean, they, they'd they have a pretty solid set of films. I'd think, you know, I'd like to see them tackle something long form, like a television series in the same kind of vein. You know what I mean? Not yeah. like a, not a copy and paste, but to me, when I was watching it, I was like, I could watch like six or six or eight episodes. A of show this. about all that. Get deeper yes. with it. Yeah. You know, I and mean, have next like, season, you're in a different city. Everybody's different. Yeah. Exactly. Jamie Foxx is there, but he's California pimp. He's different. He's like, bitch, you're yeah, going to make me right. sweat this suit. I'm going to slap you. <laughs> well, it's almost <laughs> like, well, the way this movie was, was delivered and the way that they wrote, like, now, granted, it's absolutely taboo, I think. But if some 
Americans were allowed to ride. I assume these riders are from America, right? One of them's from Tuskegee, Alabama. Yeah, so, like, if there could ever be guest riders from America riding for Doctor Who, these guys could ride a hell of an episode, probably, or a season. Yeah. With the way they mish, mish, the way they mash, um, like, having that divide between, like, you know, the normal world, and then when things get all weird and wibbly wobbly. Mm-hmm. I think they could handle something like that. Just like like the 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 little seasoning of sci-fi is like that was that was that was good. They peppered it, peppered it on. Yeah. Not peppered to say it. that the not to say that like the messages of like, you know, the you know, neighborhoods constantly just always staying the same. And it really it really is kind of out of their control. And like that whole messaging's like there, and that's you know those the, those types of stories are you know you've seen them in various other films and stuff. Like it's not a you know it's not that it's unoriginal. It's that like it's it's timeless in a way. Like there's always room for that kind of message, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's almost kind of and maybe I'm making meta out of nothing, but. It's almost like it's reflect, you know, it's it's the social commentary. It's reflective of society, like where things kind of are on repeat generationally. Well, it, it's the the <laughs> fact that they were able to take something that has been used as a plot device so many. We've seen it used as a plot device so many times, and introduce something fresh and original to it. It's not breaking new ground. It's not telling a new story per se, but it's introducing and and it's showing you things in a different kind of way and that is like okay let's break the mold a little bit let's do something familiar but let's break the mold enough to to bring people in and get them interested in it and they did that you know yeah and i think that too that they uh by by doing that it adds testament to the plot device because like many others just because it's used time and time again don't mean that it's bad per se it's just that people enjoy those stories yeah that was great i like i mean john boyega i've never seen him play a a character like this before Mm -mm. and seeing him like he nailed it dude well it makes me wonder if there's more of his performance on the cutting floor of star wars than we're led to believe Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, dude. Because like, because this makes that this makes his Finn performance look very two dimensional. Yes, very. Because yeah. I I really thought we were on to something in Force Awakens when when they reveal him as a stormtrooper, and I thought we were going to get like, okay, we're going to get not only a Jedi story, but we're going to get this really cool, unique like perspective of what it was like to be a stormtrooper. What, what all they what all that they actually went through all that kind of stuff or at least his perspective of it and i yeah. thought we were going to be along for that ride and then they they tried to, to tease him with the with being a force user possibly and then they were like eh yeah i mean i know that's a whole other conversation we've already covered that stuff but yeah it's just it, it made his like his his character fell flat and it wasn't the actor's fault clearly and this cements it even more 
but it still makes you want to ponder the what if like were there scenes where he was just like nailing it man like he was delivering a performance of like a shell-shocked soldier or something you know yeah oh yeah but i enjoyed it like i'll I'll, if i come across this on blu-ray i'll pick it up I'll I'll be revisiting. Like I would definitely w- lump this into the pill. Whenever you're sitting down and you're you're peeling, I would definitely kind of throw this in there with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it would be like it's it's weird because I would I would probably like I don't know if if you're thinking like a pill marathon or something like that, and then you it's getting about time to to switch gears to another director. I'd mm-hmm. throw this one on. And then I would probably keep the Jamie Foxx trend going and probably jump on Django. Time allowing, of course. <laughs> There's always time for Django. Yeah. Come on. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but like, no, man. But then it's like, then you start begging the question, all right, do I go Ray or do I go day shift? Like, like the guy's such a like he's he he's got such a portfolio of performances. Ray's a long movie too. Yeah. But, you know, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But yeah, I'm going to give it a full star. I really, really enjoyed it. Full star. I give it a star as well. I think it gets the coveted real estate Boyega award. (laughs) What would John Boyega do? The golden boy, the golden Boyega. It's the, it's the grill that he had. Oh yeah, Maybe. the Golden Grill. Yeah, dude. I was just thinking two of him back to back, like on a statue, smiling. <laughs> All right. One smoking a cigarette, the other's holding a gun. Secret Invasion. <laughs> I can't wait. Secret, to hear. secret disappointment. <laughs> well, all right. I want to read this article before we get into. It. Well, so, before you before you do dive, can we all get on the same page at least and agree that what the fuck at thirty minute runtime? Oh yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, when I sit down to watch it, I'm like, that's it. That's all we're. Getting I was. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I no, know some, some of the episodes. Scene. I know some of the episodes were short, but like that could have easily been a good forty forty five minute one. Yeah, right for sure. Um. Okay. Well, all right. So, so Secret Invasion director says Marvel fans have too many expectations. All right. I'm going to read this article real quick before we dive into it. Secret Invasion finale becomes worst rated MCU episode ever with unlucky score. Secret Invasion was originally announced several years ago to mass excitement among Marvel fans. Now the story has been told in a Disney Plus series rather than the original uh, movie plan. And that excitement has not only waned but uh delivered some of the worst reviews of the entire marvel franchise the series finale reviews are in and the news is so bad that it makes the low scores of she hulk attorney at law look spectacular overall secret invasion has either been the greatest mcu show to date or the worst depending on what you expected from the series (laughs) the series has earned an average score of 57 percent from critics and 62 percent from audiences on rotten tomatoes but the reviews posted that are directly based on the finale, only one person appreciated the effort. 
Other reviews call it a disappointment and uh, the same old Marvel story and the weakest Marvel series ever put on Disney+. Plus. This is a stark contrast to the way the series started. And while those reviews were not the greatest in MCU's history, they were certainly not bad. Some called the show slow and claimed there was not enough action, yet when the finale brings the story to the standard Marvel Big Bangs and flashy fight scene, scenes finale, everyone hates it even more. This is all made even more icon- ironic after She-Hulk spent the final episode making that point that not every Marvel project has to end with a big visual effects-driven display and was criticized for that as well. So I wanted to read that article before we get into it because I didn't know that it got review-bombed like that. I mean, it, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand why it got review-bombed, but <clears throat> I don't know. Like, my whole thing, go, and we talk, we've talked about this several times, my whole thing going into Secret Invasion is like, Okay, how how are they like? We've gotten shorter episodes. We've only been getting six episodes. Like, how are they going to tie this in to the larger thing that's been going on? Is this going to tie into the larger thing that's going on? Is this just like a throwaway story? And at the end of the day, it just kind of feels like a throwaway story. Well, they were yeah. setting up a uh, Mother of Dragons, right? I mean, this was just her well, characters. Well, here, she's still here, going to be there, right? I think the yeah, I think the greatest insult that this show does, man, is the fact that for five episodes, it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's got a good setup. The episodes were consistent, and then you watch the finale, and you, it's just it's such a, a level of diminishing returns. Yeah, I think um, the episode before the finale was better than the finale. Oh yeah. yeah. They should have just run those two together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um well, and the, it's sad when when She Hulk when the She Hulk finale, I kinda like the whole Kevin thing, the breaking of the fourth wall. Like that was that was different. Yeah. Um that was more entertaining than what the finale for this was. Yeah. And that's well, that's pretty rough, man. Because Secret Invasion was a really good story. Yeah. Well, and I think that here's where I feel that they fell flat. I think that like keeping it Nick Fury was a good idea, right? Absolutely. I, I, feel, I feel like keeping it Nick Fury was was the best plan here, but also like they're not like the scrolls have infiltrated to the point where they're like basically running governments at this point. Right. Yeah. And their, their whole linchpin thing is like, well, we're going to set everything up so that, um, we have all these countries at war with one another. Yep. Well, well, they could have ended it and set it up for this being a plot line for, Captain America four. Yeah. They could have done that because like, think about it. Like they did that. It, it would have been, it would have been a reskinned thing with winter soldier where they revealed shield being hijacked by Hydra and all that stuff and everything. And they could have, they could have redone that, but with the scroll aspect, it would have, it would have felt fresh. 
Yeah. But, but it, it it's all it's almost like you don't know like what they were trying like is like is it like it's is this it? Like there's not gonna know, be a secret invasion too. Yeah, but I mean like in terms of like Nick Fury, because that's I mean he and left, that's a whole other well, yeah, and that's a whole other topic Where's though, because it's like this is supposed to be it for like this was this was Samuel Jackson's Did first him and his big... wife ride off into the sunset? Yes. I mean into the stars. <laughs> and they left Amelia Clark behind. Yes. Like she's she's like right. her and the British chick are now. supposed to try to rebuild relations. Yeah. And and here's the thing too, like, okay. Like, like I was saying before, it's like you're gonna have basically governments going up against one another, right? But like at the same time, pre Thanos, pre all this shit that happens, like, okay, that's believable and understandable. But like when you have people that are strong enough to destroy the planet that mm-hmm. everybody is on, it's like so you're instead of like plotting superheroes against one another, you're gonna plot government govern government bodies against one another. When you have a bigger presence in the universe that can show up and be like, hey, we can we can single handedly shut this down. So it's like the scrolls plan was all for naught, because at the end of the day, even if they would have succeeded, the Avengers would have showed up and they would have shut everything down. So it was pointless for them to go through that whole that whole rigmarole was. Absolutely. And I agree. And I think that the one of the, the biggest problems and it's it's kind of. It, I feel like it is going to kind of put Marvel in an increasingly difficult position. Is one of the things with the comic books, as we're all aware of, is that nobody ever really stays dead. Yes. Well, sure. they killed off their tentpole character in Endgame. And subsequently, Secret Invasion is an Iron Man centric story. So we could even go as far as to say that this was probably going to be dead on arrival but we like part of me felt like i should have saw it coming that this was going to be kind of a ham-fisted ending but with the way that they were handling nick fury's character i genuinely thought that okay let's just shift a little bit because marvel is good at doing it when when they do a plot like change for a character sometimes they nail it and it's fine because i mean going one-to-one adaptation I mean, it's stupid to assume that this far into the genre now. And I'm not someone that's necessarily going to hold a film to that standard anymore. You know, maybe when I was a lot younger, sure, but not now, you know? Yeah. Um, But when you take the main character out of a story that needs it and try to tell that story, um, they, they, they should have stayed to that and they should have kept that as Nick Fury instead of this instead of what we got yeah i mean and at the end of the day like i mean they could have set everything up perfectly captain america's no longer around iron man's no longer around right and but they that could have been their well, point of entry well not well i mean i know i'm splitting hairs but steve rogers is not around absolutely but yeah technically captain america is still around now it's just right but so yeah but, so Steve Rogers is no longer there. That could have been the jumping off point to where it's like, uh, they're back. What's happening? Like what, like the snap happened and we thought that they died, but they're back now. Like 
they could have they could have positioned this in a way to where like the scrolls really could have mind fucked everybody. And well, yeah, like it, it could have been like like would you say maybe make this be Infinity War two point oh setting up for that. I don't know what happened. I mean, I think well, AI I mean, wrote this episode. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, and at the end of the day, they should have had it should have been this idea of like <clears throat> instead of turning these world superpowers these 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 countries against one another, they should have leaned more into having the superhero aspect. They that would have like legitimized their budget, right? Because yeah. if they would have had all these different heroes that are popping in and out of episodes, because you don't know if they're scrolls, and left it completely open at the end of at, at the end of everything, left it open to where you don't know who's who. You don't know who's a scroll and who's not a scroll. And they should have left that for like seven years. Yeah. And the and built on that idea of like we still don't know who's a scroll. Instead we of still releasing them all like they did. Y'all well, know Brody was in the hospital gown, so he was yeah. taken from the hospital. So he's well, been it there for a while. Well, it could have also been a thing too where that would have been a good place. Like the like the scrolls could absolutely be Nick Fury's dark hold. It's yeah. a good place putter to be like, all right, we're not using Fury for a while. The audience can just assume he's hunting down scrolls. Yeah. Kind of like that that's how they're that you know, that's obviously how they're handling Scarlet Witch, like, you know. Yeah. Popping universes and all that crap. Yeah. Um but I think the probably the biggest sin that this show committed that to me uh, is the whole Super Scroll fight. Mm. Like they cross the streams, man. And by that meaning, like each hero that that they've built has a unique thing that they do a certain skill set, yada, yada, yada. And I understand that it's like, no, they took their DNA. That's why they have it and everything. But like, that's still kind of bullshit. Like we're talking about like people, like just because you, and and it's kind of, and I know that like it's in, it's comic canon and stuff with like the Hulk and his blood and everything. But that's something I've never liked is it's like, okay, you have to, like for some of these heroes to attain their abilities, they got them under a very strict, not to go full nerd here. I know I'm being nitpicky, but like they go, they undergo specific things that cause their powers to do it. Mm-hmm. Like whenever the gamma bomb blows up for Bruce in that millisecond, the Hulk identity gets formed, saves Bruce. And that's why he don't fucking die. Mm-hmm. And like just all these other little things, and then they took it and they're like, "All right, we're just gonna put that in a bottle, and whoever drinks it, oh yeah, you get to be them." Sandbox time, guys. Well, I mean, and my thing is, is like I didn't have a problem with it to that extent. My problem is, first of all, why the fuck is Fury gonna send a group of people out to the battlefield after the? end game fight happens and collect DNA samples of everybody and then put all of them in one vial. First of all, second yeah. of all, <laughs> yeah, why, right? why are we so goddamn fascinated? This is what pissed me off the most out of this whole episode. When it went off, I was like, it's fine. Whatever. This is what pissed me off the most. 
fuck Captain Marvel and fuck Captain Marvel's fucking powers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry to all the people out there that love Captain Marvel and all this stupid bullshit, but like, you're going to make the most powerful fucking being in the fucking universe. You're going to introduce the most powerful fucking being in the fucking universe and have them be present in the fucking movies. And now you're just going to fucking give her powers out fucking willy-nilly to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that fucking yeah. shows up? Well, so, yeah, but that, that adds stupid. to my point. Yeah, it adds to my point that, like, you never, you never cross streams. You never let another motherfucker be another motherfucker, dude. Like, Well, and the thing with the Super Scroll was, like, they had the Fantastic Force powers. That was the whole thing with the Super Scrolls back in the day. They mm-hmm. had all the powers of the Fantastic Four. All rolled into one. Another missed their... launch pad opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm sitting here like, okay, they get Groot's power. That okay, that's fine. Drax, some of the Guardians, some of the. I other think it's heroes. weird that they chose those particular heroes to demonstrate the most. They was like they used the Guardians' powers, and then they used Captain Marvel. Because yeah. once they both switched to Captain Marvel, they were like, no, nah, this is it. This is the this is the the form. Well, I do like the fact that they used, uh, oh, what's his name from, uh, that was one of, uh, Thanos right hand men. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, the guy at the beginning that's trying, I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah. Squidward. The, yeah. I like how they pulled him in. Yeah. His name was, um, I don't know. I can't remember what his name is, but I liked how they pulled that into it. And then like, who, who has the power of the ice sword? Is that something that I missed at some point? I was wondering that as well. So I, I've got to watch a video. Well, unless, the... well, unless, unless they were attributing to an X Men like the like Iceman or something. I mean, possibly, but I but mean, that's a stretch, I, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that that's my biggest crop because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the series landed about where I expected the series to land at. It was just like pointless. They could have built up to something incredible, but they didn't. They're trying to now. They are trying to play the MCU way too safe, and we've seen that with everything except for Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Doctor Strange. Right? They're playing it way too safe with these, especially the TV series. And it's like, dude, the reason people are like giving you the Marvel money is because you were like making good stories and good decisions this whole time. Now you're trying to produce too much content. Well, you're trying to do too much. Well, somewhere, uh, Frost I saw it somewhere. Beast. Yeah. I saw it somewhere where, where the Bob sword came from. Oh, okay. So I saw it, uh, article, uh, talking about, uh, Marvel and planet safe. Uh, I think in one of the, one of the, the conventions or conferences, Bob Iger had listed a bunch of things that were, or maybe it was a letter or some shit, but um, they claimed that uh, the article claimed that one of the things he said was costing Disney a lot of money was Marvel spreading themselves so thin and putting so much faith in the Disney plus Uh, he's admitted that Marvel has way too many projects going on at once now. And I don't know. I think, I mean, he's kind of right, man. 
because uh, and and as far as uh, sorry as far as the episode specifically and that fight it's another one of those things and it's not the only one uh it's not the only one that commits this sin it's it, you know there's a handful of others um but for these big spectacle fights to go down there's got to be enough build up to where when it happens it matters then it doesn't even necessarily mean that there needs to be stakes raised it's just that at this point there's got to be enough emotional investment that these two people that you see fighting on screen doing ridiculous shit to each other you're invested and it's it, it kind of matters to you and that's not the case with gravic and gaia because they probably like graphics only had enough screen time in the show and Gaia wasn't even in Captain Marvel. I don't think because I only watched that once, but like, these are characters. We don't, we don't have any like emotional connection to whatsoever. Like you compare this to like the very first fight in the first Iron Man film where it's Jeff Bridges and Robert Downey Jr. Like, even in that two-hour span, by the time you get to them fighting in those ridiculous Iron Man suits, all the everything makes sense, and you give a shit. You want Tony to win. That 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 didn't happen in Secret Invasion, and I think that by giving us that fight scene instead of something more Nick Fury centric, yeah. I think did the episode far more harm than good. Yeah. I uh, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, I was really hoping that Gravik would get away. You know, I was, and you know, I well, like, we, we, we need, we need to enter the era of the returning villain. Well, yeah, exactly. We've got to stop the one and done bullshit because we're wasting good villains on stuff that ain't that good to just yeah. be frankly honest. Yeah. I mean, they could have had it where Gravik shows up at literally any point and any time in any fucking movie, and he could fight somebody and then fuck off. Like they well, they could have had a recurring asshole piece of shit aggravation, but they just killed him with and fucking Captain Marvel powers. <laughs> and what's crazy is that this is MCU, this carefully plotted story that was supposed to be what five, ten years ahead in like development. We have this level, so that, that being said, there's a level of attention to stuff going on. And they can't do that, but yet 20th Century Fox can give us Magneto by Ian McKellen's performance yeah, and give us three movies of it, not just one where the, the X-Men stopped the Brotherhood of Mutants the first time. Like, it's an ongoing fucking thing. Yeah, right. It's just... Uh... I don't know. It it, it I, wound... I know that oh sorry. No, I was just gonna say it wound up exactly where I expected it to wind up. Well uh whether whether you agree with us or not, I know mean me and you've been going on and on. Adam, what'd you think about it, man? I know you you, you come at some of this from the, the non comic reading angle sometimes. I so. mean I uh, I mean I mean yeah, just yeah, give us give give us your yeah, just give us your your your. I mean, that's all I got. I ain't got no long. I ain't gonna teach you how to build a clock. I'll tell you what time it is, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
we just we introduced a new character. I mean, in six episodes, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Amelia yeah. Clark, Amelia mm-hmm. Clark, mother of powers. So we don't yeah. need Captain Marvel anymore, right? No. I mean, no. she ain't coming back. Brie Larson's gone. She'll well, be here. <laughs> well, not to spark yeah, out, but I now mean, that now that she has Captain Marvel powers, isn't the whole thing with the Marvels is that when they use their shit, at least by the trailer, it's swapping them out? Yeah, so now in, in theory, she should be fucking connected to them or some shit. I don't know. Look, legitimate question. How, like, they they were kidnapping people and putting them underneath a fucking nuclear power plant, right? Mm-hmm. Which was which was Doctor Who as fuck, because it was always just that same hallway. But, like, do they have cancer now? <laughs> like, they're underneath a nuclear power plant. Funny you bring that up, Griffin. <laughs> no, I, I, I saw some shit this week about... uh. Um, about the blue zones and some of those radioactive places, and it's—I mean, it's a whole—it's the whole podcast in and of itself. But there's there's weird loopholes to get around that. Suppose. Well, this is a show, so they probably don't. Yeah, they, they didn't read that much. Into real it. World, yeah. A... yeah, the whole time I'm like, Shoot. we've got. Even well, like fake well, just, I mean, we used up. to live close to a nuclear power well, plant that was. Well, like they were like, it ain't active, but that bitch was smoking, so it had something in it, you know. <laughs> they were definitely so, cooling something down. I mean, and you know, there was also um, one of the things that was jarring for me was that we got this slow build up to the end of episode five. We get the Nick Fury fucking suit up. We got the eye patch back. Like, all right, we're about to get the last half of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's got the I'm getting answers jacket on at this point. And uh, then it just immediately cuts to the next episode, and he's already there. Yeah. Like, no, like, I thought this was kind of John Wickish in that, like, when he leaves there and he goes there, he's got to watch his fucking six, dude. Yeah, and he just he just shambles around. He he just walks in with that pimp walk that he's been doing the whole show. Well, didn't Disney recently? Wasn't they like we're going to kind of cut back on the stuff we made because yeah they keep making stuff like this. It's like yeah yeah just hold out, man. You know, throw it in something later on. Yeah, not every I mean, little be- fucking thing has to have its own little mini series like. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there, Adam. The nail on the head, my man. It's gonna it's like, happening. They already said they're gonna cut back on and with well, Star Wars and Well it's, it's like just, it's tied to what you're saying, I mean, man. It's economy like, sucks, but it kinda helped them make that decision. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, why like don't get me wrong, Secret Invasion is a big deal in the comic world. So was Secret Wars and all these other big crossover events. Um, they're the uh, you know they're the nexus points in the overall Marvel comic lore. But you know some can afford to be skipped over, as, as heretical as that might sound to some of the more hardcore readers. But you know 
in reality, the MCU could have existed absolutely fine without ever having done Dude. Secret Invasion. If you would let people like read the script, it's like, here's what the show's going to be. They'd be like, yeah, just put that money like in Loki or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's something that's going to be better. Cause... And it, how much they spent on this shit is insane. It well, is like, and on what? <laughs> well, yeah. well, what's crazy is it's like they're, they're trying to tell all these stories now. And at a, at, at a, at a point in time, I, I feel like we all were at it where we're like, yeah, dude, like, wouldn't it be cool if they did this story or that? Blah, 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 blah. Some things are better off left in speculation. Well, and, like, and in your imagination. What, yeah. Like, and what happened to, like, I don't know, good business? Like, wouldn't it kind of be a safe investment to keep some stories in just their respected medium? Yeah. Kind of give someone, a, like, I don't know, an incentive to retread certain comics to get to a storyline like this that's not in the shows or movies. Yeah. I mean, it's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, and I agree. And the thing is, is like, out of all the Marvel shows that we've gotten, I mean, there's only a handful that's been like exceptionally well-made, right? Yeah. I would would argue that it's, it's probably the, the, it's I could I feel like the the three that Wanda were the Vision best and Loki are the best. Yes, absolutely. What do you, what do you what's well, the third one? The third one. Moon I was. The, oh man. yeah, I mean yeah. Well, third place is a tug of war, but to me, and I know this might sound weird because I know I kind of gave it a little bit of crap. Did you? But <laughs> I give it a toss up between Moon Knight. Moon Knight's almost its own thing, though, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's a Marvel show. True, 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 true. If I'm being as picky be as I've been, to... we got it. Yeah. What's well, the other a one? Toss... Drop it. Falcon, name it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, dude. That was good too. Yeah. There's four then. Yeah. Really, there there's four. Just, In that there, order. Were lot, there were really good moments, and I'll still say that Falcon and the Winter Soldier has an like its finale is the closest to feeling like a movie than all the others. And that's not to say that it's because the story was better than Loki or whatever. Loki come like coming in clutch with its finale as well. But particularly with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that la- that finale dude felt like a full blown Captain America movie. Yeah. And it was, I think. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like I would definitely lump WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, and Loki. I would wrap those all up into yep. like the perfect little bow. You know, yeah. Like and that then, that that would be a good box set. That's a trifecta. Yes. But like Moon Knight for me, because it was so weird, it was so like, you know, with it introducing a character in such a re- interesting and unique way. You're right, it almost is its own thing. It's so good that you forget that it's Marvel thing. Yep. Yeah. You know? Like and it that, gets it gets a solo still. Well they even release. said that was they were like, Not everything's gotta be connected. I mean Well yeah. like I feel well. It's weird because the arguably, and I know this, there's shows, but I think as far as just pure content, Werewolf by Night, man. Oh, it's number sure. one for sure. Right. Like, that's like, that and was. And it changed the outcome of some of the other properties. I mean, yeah. 
It really like, did. That was, Once that came out, they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, all right." And, well, and it's it's, it's like, kind of depressing. Like that, I mean, it's kind of depressing that that's the only real one shot we've got. Because I felt like replacing the shows with one shots and maybe a, a sequel or so. Well, like Agatha. I feel like, well, like yeah, like that could have that could easily that could be I a think one that's shot supposed to come out before the end of the year. I mean, oh, I think it's going to be like the big Halloween event yeah. for Disney. Yeah. So I, I mean, mean, oh sorry. Well, it, I was just going to say it's like they they took chances on a lot of the earlier Disney Plus stuff. You know, WandaVision was like so weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then, and then Loki came out mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was so good that they kind of rewrote the whole thing that they were doing with Kang because of that. And then I mean, Loki they could they could easily cut so much chuffa. Y'all know we got the Loki as... trailer, right? Has anybody yeah, seen it? We actually have no, the trailer no, for the new season. Yeah, it dropped. It. I haven't seen it. But I'm uh, excited though. But I'm I'm convinced that just from the way season one went, if they keep that 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 level of consistency, yeah. like that that show could easily. So that, yeah, because it's been what three? Dude, they could have pumped now? it back out. Just we gotta keep those subscribers. They're like, no, nah, we'll trickle it. We'll like trickle down all this other stuff, like that Agatha I mean, show. I mean, however much money Tom Hiddleston needs to fucking do Marvel and keep playing Loki, give it to him. Yeah, give it exactly. to him till One he's of my just favorite bad until he is just good sick guys. of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like they've managed to take someone that gets ragdolled in the first Avengers movie yeah. and make you care so much about him. Yeah. And that's and I, hard. To, that's hard to do. I've seen some stuff recently about them gearing up to start working on the next season of Moon Knight. Yeah. And I mean, think about I'm Moon down. Knight. Yeah. And cause Moon Knight came out. They're like, what? We don't have a, we don't yep. have a second season written. We don't know what we'll we're going to do with the character. Yeah, we'll see. what, And then it comes out and everybody's like, this shit is Slayed. incredible. We need Dude, more. I mean, man, don't get me wrong. I love the Fight club S aspect of sure. Moon Knight where he's flipping in and out of personalities. Yeah. But when Conchu goes, I am the god of the night and starts rewinding the stars. Yeah. Sold American, dude. Yeah, it was great. I think that they need to learn from that. Like, here's the thing. They need to drop one season, in my opinion, one season, one series. And, like, when you drop year. it, do it where it can be a one and done. Yes. You know, give put it all out there. That way, if it's good. Because yeah. they're always trying to, no, we could spread this out. It's like, yeah, but it might not last. Hey, if you spread it out, it probably won't. Yeah. Put enough well, in that first one that it's like, okay. Well, let's think about that just was this six year. episodes. Yeah, and that's that's a sh- like if they would have spent two to three more episodes on this shit and really built up to something, could you like it would probably change a lot of people's opinions on Secret Invasion, you know? But here's yeah. the thing: how much just this year alone? How much are they spending in Marvel oh. television? Because we we got Secret Invasion, which was what two hundred fifty million. Mm-hmm. Loki and then Agatha and then I'm sure that there was something else I can't remember what it was but like so they're spending probably three quarters of a billion dollars not to mention the billion they lost 
Yes. That they spent on stuff that just didn't do well. Yes. A billion. So if it, let's peel it back. If you're going to do a series, do a series, eight to 12 episodes and drop like half of that budget, drop 300 million on a 12 episode series. That's ve- like, make it almost like a movie event well, thing. You could it. even you know what I'm saying? film it all. Yeah. Instead well, of having to, you know, bring it back. We still haven't got the, they had to granted, bring back Bob Iger. Well, now granted, granted that like this, this, this rolling back, the smarter option is going to cost a lot of people a lot of jobs. Sure. And that sucks. That's always terrible. Yeah, build back better. But I think if Marvel could, uh, it, now, now my, I guess my thing would be a little too extreme. I would Marvel, say roll it all, really is Disney. I would say roll it all the way back to just keep your slate of films, go all in with your money on those, and get your billions in the box office. Because if you're raking in billions at the box office, that means you did something right. They're not, though. Yeah. They lost a billion. Yeah. On a bunch of movies that we're not going to talk about. Yeah. Well, I but mean, they did. Uh, now, not Marvel, but yeah, Disney, but and that's of, that's where they get their money. That's the same, you know. Well, never mind the never mind the controversies that that surround some of these movies that have come out. And oh, maybe I'm wait wrong until that di- Snow White movie comes out. Well, maybe I'm disconnected here, but I feel like this whole let's do live action adaptations of the Disney animated classics just in general. Like never mind. It has nothing to do with any changes. None of that political bullshit. Adapting these movies into films is, hasn't been that lucrative for them. Now I I feel like I could be wrong. I haven't seen the numbers, but I just, you know, when you were younger and maybe it's just because we were just around a bunch of kids and that's what we did. We watched the fucking what was out, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't ever hear a lot about these live ad- adaptations of films like the little mermaid dropped and I'm hearing crickets. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those that cost them money. I mean, even the jungle book and that's a Favreau work right there. And even it, I heard it, it, was kind good. Of, it came out and then it just kind of went. Yeah. yeah I haven't watched it, dude. Come on. I haven't watched any of the no, live I action. I haven't seen any of them. The lion King one, nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, and dude, it, and there's there's fucking Aladdin. Yeah. Now completely so, forgot about that. And now, granted, one that I feel like they're really missing on, but I feel like I feel like there's something in there that's keeping them from doing it. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, a movie that deserves it with stuff like Game of Thrones and all this. Why haven't they done a live action Sword in the Stone? Well, they tried Willow. So well, canceling their removing it from well, uh, I mean, streaming well, services. Dude, it, like in a world of playing it dude, safe, they're removing re- it so they don't have to pay residuals. Like, yeah, what? That's the world we're at now. Well, Willow, like, it will be removed from Disney. Yeah. Well, Plus. like, well, what's crazy is it's like if you're gonna if they're wanting to play it safe and all this kind of stuff, why not do the most safest property that I could think of, and that's King Arthur with a comedic they- Merlin. Well, you know, I mean, that, 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 that is they... not hard to do. No, but that doesn't spend, that doesn't send a message, Trav. I, I mean, I, I know, and I, I get that it's it's a futile thing, but 
I mean, in terms of just like something that's good, there's a lot, you know. Yeah. I think and maybe Werewolf I'm by maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm maybe I'm biased here because even probably, even uh, after that, Werewolf by Night came out, they were like, okay, put Blade on pause. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna rework <laughs> some shit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for that next phase of stuff. Cause this had to be filmed a while ago. This was. Yeah. Like I don't, Moon Knight. I feel like Moon Knight will be connected no. to Werewolf by Night, right? I mean. Yeah. Midnight Suns. It will be. Well, no, I, I'm, I feel like the best, I feel like the thing about it is it's like, there's, it's not that there's a superhero fatigue. I don't think that goes, I don't think that goes away. Like people are always going to have time for something like that. Yeah. Um, what I think the fatigue on though is the multiverse plot line. Well, I mean, everybody's doing it now, so absolutely. And Marvel definitely thrust that to the mainstream, but because of it though, like it, it's a fun aspect to explore. I love I love this I love that it's hard sci-fi right now. But I also think that it's about I think we're all looking at our watch being like, Yeah, it's about time to wrap this up. Like it's not let's let's and it's not because oh let's the next content or the next thing to consume. It's not even from that angle. It's from like, okay, we get it, multiverse, different versions of people, one motherfucker's trying to control it. Let's like it it gets it, it, it it was something that is so vastly like creative where you can pull different things. Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost like it's a stellar concept than just time travel after doing it so much. Yeah. And, and I guess because like also Marvel has done a horrendous job at moving the, the Kang plotline along. Well, I mean, to be fair, he wasn't supposed to be anything no. except for a no-liner and Loki. And then... And now Luke. Yeah, and then they rewrote everything about to be focused on Jonathan Majors. And to me, it's like, okay, so did they rewrite Ant-Man to include Kang in it? Y you know what I'm saying? Like, so... Well, what was the, well, if that's the case, then what was their original timeline? Like, were we gonna... Are we being delayed dr doom and all these other guys because of kang which isn't a problem but does well i guess does it does it create the opportunity that perhaps when we do get dr doom it's nailed they nail it to a t from the casting to the to the story everything does it is it going to give them almost a lord of the rings level pre-production time now to get that right well, I think that we've talked about this in the past. I think that like the Fantastic Four is so important to so many people and the X-Men as well that like if there's people that's really going to start shying away from the Marvel universe, it's going to be if one of those movies is released and they're dog shit. Yeah, because those I would argue that those two properties um those are the last two major hurdles for the older generations that grew up on Marvel. Yes. 
Like that's going to be the, that's, those are going to be the nails in the coffin. And those are the guys that spit not the most money over this shit as a consumer. Yeah. Like they're the ones that's buying, you know, the ridiculous, like, uh, collection editions. They're the ones that's going to get the only 500 are made box sets at fucking, you know, comic con or something like that. Like, and so like Fantastic Four and X-Men, like you're saying, like they're so near and dear to these people specifically. Yeah. And like, I'm wondering if Marvel realized that they could, if they can kind of just keep this going, keep the car puttering along while they refine this so they can make it right. Yeah. I wonder if they're, if they're smart enough to take that angle. Well, I think, and I think that that's what they're doing. I mean, because I mean, realistically, other than Doctor Strange um, and like Spider-Man to an extent, nothing has really pushed the, pushed anything forward. I mean, you had Ant-Man, but like it wasn't very crucial to like furthering the overall story. I think that like, and I don't think that the Marvels is going to do anything significant with that either. And Guardians of the Galaxy didn't either, as good as that movie was. Like in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it didn't move the needle at all. Well, it, the- well, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have, like, granted, a lot of what carried the previous like saga was those little nuggets of moments where it's like, all right, an Infinity Stone, okay. Why is Thanos on screen? Okay, another stone. Like, I'm not necessarily talking about that, but going as far back as to the hype and conversations and the speculation that people would have over the fact that they just got out of uh, the Incredible Hulk and was like, dude, I think they're going to do Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they make an Avengers movie? How crazy would that be? Like, Marvel needs that again. Yeah, well, and that'll come. I think that they're going to do Deadpool kills the Fox universe. And I think that that, they're waiting on that to come out before. I'm sure you've seen the photos. You know that that, if that's not the plot, it's heavily referenced. Yes. So I really think that that, that's going to, they're waiting for that to come out, but they're also like trying to get all their ducks in a row. So. Which those set photos, that 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 set, that shot in front of the twentieth, that looks ridiculous, mm-hmm. and like the best fourth wall breaking way possible. Yeah. So, well, it's like but, they're gonna, it's like they're gonna take She Hulk jumping out onto the Disney Plus screen, and they're gonna like put it on Adderall and steroids and just let it go. Yeah. Right. But Secret Invasion as a whole, I'm giving it a half star. It wasn't yeah. awful. Well, it was just it the just, way it ended. It was a build up to nothing. Yeah, so, I think. Yeah. yeah, at the at the end of the day, it's one of many other shows of many other genres that go the same way. Like it doesn't, in its in its demise, it doesn't tread any new ground in that failure. Like it does the same thing as other shows that just don't stick to landing. Yeah. But if you don't care about the destination and you enjoy the journey as everyone gets told nowadays, it's worth a watch. Yeah, I agree. Just just go in with just just go in knowing that there's that there's it's it's going to be disappointing to an yeah. extent. The the biggest thing the biggest outcome is there's another character that has Captain Marvel powers. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I guess the best way to put it is that like 
depending on your age will depend on how much you enjoy the ending yeah yeah for sure because i feel like i feel like the 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 finale it's almost like they were like dude we're getting pretty dark with this espionage thriller who's who like a lot of people have gotten shot in the show let's go hard left and fucking do one for the kiddies yeah for the children's which whatever i mean that that's at the end of the day that's the demographic this stuff was initially aimed at i got no qualms with it as an adult that enjoys it but does kind of suck it into the way it did but i think it deserves a star and a half i assume you're going half star two adam or are you going to go no star i said half yeah okay boy we got a little bit of movie news here and we're we're going to power through some of these um so did y'all see the warner brothers stuff that happened with the 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 barbie hammer Japan was so, pissed. Yeah, they were so bad. Okay, so following a, a condemning criticism from the Japanese branch of Warner Brothers, the main Warner Brothers film group has responded in a statement apologizing for any offense offense caused caused their replies to tweet featuring atom bomb images combined with stills from Barbie. The statement read, Warner Brothers regrets its recent in sensitive social media engagement, the studio offers a sincere apology. The phenomenon of Barbenheimer may well have taken most of the world by storm in the last couple of weeks, but it seems that the unprecedented box office showing of Barbie and Oppenheimer's dual release uh, scheduling is not enough to stop Japan's official Barbie account from facing off with the U.S. Counterpoint, counterpart. In a statement condemning the American Barbie account's frequent use of emojis to celebrate this year's Summer to Remember, while seemingly forgetting that behind the strange way the movies have become intertwined, there is a very serious historical event behind one of the movies. The Japanese site didn't hold back and show that not everyone is keen to go party right now. Uh, The story of Oppenheimer clearly has particular significance to the people of Japan telling the story of the creation of one of the most deadly weapons ever used and one that caused unimaginable destruction and death in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. For that reason, the movie itself was always going to be a movie that walked a fine line, but the joking way in which it has been melded with Barbie was too much for the Japanese Barbie account to remain silent about. The statement translated from its original uh, Japanese reads, currently the movie Barbie and the movie Oppenheimer were both released in the United States on July the 21st. Hashtag Barbenheimer is happening, but this movement and activity is not official. On the other hand, we believe that the inconsiderate action of the official account of the U.S. headquarters of the movie Barbie to the social media posts by fans caused by this movement is extremely regrettable, and we take this situation seriously. We are asking the U.S. headquarters to take appropriate action we apologize to those who were offended by this series of inconsiderate reactions. I mean, we live in the twilight zone. I'm convinced that when they fired CERN up at one time, we yeah. melted with another, because why would you that, do something That's like a whole this? other podcast, Griffin. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to have that episode with you, but it's a whole other podcast. Yep. Um, Granted, granted, here's the thing, man. I think, I think Japan is in the right, like, 
mainly just because dude they're the only country that has been that 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 they're the country that suffered the consequences of this film the only country it's not yeah. like this weapon's just constantly used all over the place like that that's that that particular civilization or group of people suffered because of that yeah. and I, i'm assuming they took offense because it's almost like oh no big deal barbie yeah, and oppenheimer so it's gonna be the biggest summer yeah and yeah. you know i get it, it one, is it, you know it was it it, it it was a tad insensitive i could see that and you know i mean it does, it's not gonna make me not want to watch oppenheimer i mean i'm fucking oh, yeah. kind of i mean tickets sold man but, but here's the thing though like we're but I mean, good, good on Warner Brothers for at least coming out and apologizing. Yeah, exactly, right. I mean that that you know that 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 type of thing was done. You know whether people take it seriously or not, because we all know that Warner Brothers is basically like two thirds of the movie industry. Yeah, they're a machine that does not care. It's but, just it's yeah. crazy how tone deaf. You know what I mean? But it was Barbie yeah. that did it. Yeah. Not no one. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't say this at the fault of nah. really any of the, either of the films. I think it just—it's one of those things where the world is at such a fast pace yeah. that these movies releasing at the same time was just just a mistake. <laughs> I thought, yeah. I, you know, I don't think it's something that people were really just that like, you know, because I mean. Sure, when you think it like a lot of people when they think of Japan, they think of World War Two. I'm sure that's absolutely prevalent. But, you know, as a society and a world that's moved forward, that don't have to be the thing you remember Japan by, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think it's it just seems like it's just a, you know. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. On the hills of this, we have some sad news, guys. Paul Rubens had a six-year battle with cancer. Secret six-year battle with cancer. He kept it quiet like Norm MacDonald. And, yeah, and he yeah. has unfortunately passed away. I mean, Pee Wee Herman, dude. I was shocked. Pee Wee's big yeah. adventure, man. I mean, this dude is great like he he was in everything I mean, he was zombie. great yeah i mean come on now so he uh he put a message up because he was preparing for you know for for everything and he said please accept my apology for not going public with what i've been facing the last six years i've always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends fans and supporters i've loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you you know you know and i guess it's it's kind of partially it's it's obviously the elephant in the room if what hadn't happened to this man he would have had he would have gone on to have appeared in so many other things i mean he did he he still had a career for sure but imagine what kind of content he would have been a part of had he not had that 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 spell you know what i mean yeah adult theater thing yeah yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and and what's crazy 
is to show you what the public thought was just completely heinous then compared to what it is now yeah like talk about like being able to like cut the tree and see how old it is you know yeah i didn't i realized he was 70 right that's wild i mean i mean it's crazy dude but i mean hey he he did you know he was battling it himself he didn't want the attention party yeah he didn't he wanted people to remember him for the joy that he brought to people and that you know what i'm saying like i mean that's that's a that's that's respect an og thing yeah it's it's just it's a sad day man but i mean the things that this dude's done is going to live on for forever i mean dude yeah and and granted like I mean, dude, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was one of the... That was one of the VHSs I, I burned out as a mm-hmm. kid, man. Yeah. Like, that that movie... Like, that movie still gets... Ref- like, stuff from that movie still tequila. gets referenced to this day. From yeah. tequila to... I know the, you are, but what am I? Like, like, and I don't remember any movie before this that utilized it, but... That crazy ass song that plays when shit's just going nuts. The you know what I mean? Like this movie set that trend, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's yeah, it sucks, man. It does. We're getting old, guys. We're gonna start seeing it more and more. It happens in threes. So, so how many more we got? I don't want to talk about it. So next up here, Sony unveils a surprising update on the amazing Spider-Man three, but it's not what it seems. So in an amusing twist uh, that left Spider-Man fans in stitches or fuming, depending on their humor level, uh, Sony pictures pulled a classic prank on its followers on what seemed to be a promising Thursday for fans of amazing Spider-Man three Sony in the spirit of the popular throwback Thursday trend released a video with the movie's poster teasing an important announcement. Fans worldwide held their breath, expecting a glimpse of Andrew Garfield's familiar face, or perhaps even some news regarding the third installment of the movie. Surprisingly, what played was Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, giving a playful tip of the hat to the Rick Rolling internet meme. The jest was especially apt since it marked the song's 36th anniversary since its debut, July 27th, 1987. The reactions on TikTok were mixed. While some users expressed their dismay and disappointment, others appreciated the humor, recognizing the brilliance behind a well-executed Rickroll, especially when least expected. It does beg to question, is Amazing Spider-Man becoming one of the more unpredictable entities in the cinematic universe of comics? Despite the fans' enthusiasm and constant clamoring, there's been no official word from Sony about whether Garfield will swing into our screen, uh, into our screens again. This silence, combined with Sony's latest prank, has left fans in a state of prolonged suspense. Andrew Garfield's take on the whole affair remains centered on the essence of his character, Peter Parker, and the story. Speaking to Variety, he shared that he'd don the iconic Spider-Man suit again if the narrative justified it. This sentiment isn't surprising, considering he and Tobey Maguire agreed to be part of Spider-Man: No Way Home under some uh, similar conditions. 
Expanding on his thoughts, Garfield expressed his admiration for Peter Parker's character, a humble boy from Queens, deeply rooted in ethics and empathy. For Garfield, any chance to return to the role would hinge on its alignment with these core values. It's funny that Sony, I feel like Sony's just taking pop shots at people now just because they can. Well, it's you know funny I mean? that the internet oh. would get mad at the meme they created. Exactly. Like, Y'all right. created it. Come on. Have a and what's go. crazy, Comedy. this is, to me, this has even uh, shown me that, like, the Amazing Spider-Man films, they're the prequel movies of Sony. Because oh, yeah, sure. we remember the reviews for The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 when they came out. Yeah. And we definitely know Garfield knows those reviews, too. They yeah. weren't the best, I don't think. And don't get me wrong, having him in No Way Home and kind of riding him the way that they did, it absolutely sparked, like, interest in, you know, more story now. Yeah. yeah. But outside of that, though... No one was really asking for it. You know what I mean? Like there was still there was still people wanting uh just Spider Man four from the Rami verse. Yeah. And it just kinda got quiet with the amazing we'll Spider Man. I didn't too. have a didn't have a problem with those amazing Spider Man movies. But I just I remember like kinda everybody like you know, kinda with what everybody else was kind of thinking. Oh, well there's the a reason why they didn't make a third one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they rickrolled the internet. It's like, fuck y'all. You're the reason that we didn't, you know. Well, here, here's my theory. I have a theory, of course, you know. Um, As long as Sony continues to make Spider-Man-related content, they're going to keep the rights to Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. And Marvel, or Disney, instead of, like, shelling out the money to just buy it outright. Yeah, $4 billion, I believe. Yeah, they're spending money on stupid movies that we don't need. Or making decisions that we don't need or they don't need to make. Um, I feel like they're going to keep the amazing Spider-Man three and Spider-Man four in their back pocket because. Oh, it's a middle finger to them to Disney for sure. Well, it's that thing where it's like, all right, Morbius came out and like it flopped, but got this weird thing that happened around it where like, yeah, they re-released it. So that happened. And then you've got Venom that came out that mm-hmm. made a bunch of money, but it's not particularly a great movie. Like it's it's fine, you know, it's it's fine. Um, the casting of the casting of, of Tom Hardy is what saves the Venom movies. Yep. Yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, and now you've got Craven coming out, which looks okay. Like I'm I'm kind of holding out for that, you know, so that whenever we watch it, but like it doesn't I'm make me with, excited. With well, with Craven, I'm I'm just expecting it to just be just a just a typical action movie. Yeah, right. And I feel like you know, Venom, the third Venom movie comes out, whether it has Spider Man in it or not, you know, whatever. I feel like they're keeping these Spider Man properties in their pocket. That way, if they run out of ideas or if their movies continue to flop, and they're like, we need to make a, mo- a lot of money really, really quick. Let's just get Garfield back in here, or let's get McGuire back in here, and let's do a Spider-Man movie and make billions of dollars, and we'll continue to keep the rights to it. That's 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 their play. That's what I think their play. Now, is. 
what would be what would be insane in keeping line with the emotional damage <laughs> well the the emotional connection that that the amazing spider-man now has in the deep the, the mcu fandom and stuff mm. um it would be interesting if they give him a full arc because the way the amazing spider-man ends is not a happy ending no not at all no <laughs> and it involves doc ock but you know the whole mind swap and it would be interesting if that whole plot could be fused with Miles Morales and we let this we let Andrew Garfield pass the torch to mm. a Miles Morales Spider-Man. That yeah. way Toby Maguire stays in his separate like nothing exists but just yeah. Spider-Man. Well, but see, they need him for two. Yeah. Yeah. And that but the thing about that is like and I don't know I don't know where the red tape begins or ends because it's like Sony has the rights to Spider-Man stuff, but Miles Morales was created after that agreement. Well, you know what I'm so I don't mm-hmm. know if Sony owns the rights to Miles Morales or if Marvel. Yeah, I'm 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 I, I part of me thinks it's Sony though. Mainly because yeah. like they're banking on him hard in the video games. Uh, yeah. the cross the spider verse movies so yeah it's absolutely sony man yeah and yeah, that's right. and what's crazy is they're making so much money off the spider-man games and and oh, granted yeah. sony when it comes like well particularly insomniac games they when they nail it they fucking nail it and they're they're pretty consistent i think they also did the last of us so they're the ones that's doing the spider-man games and the I ha, I've yet to play the newer ones, but I know that original one that dropped a few years ago was was amazing. Yeah, no pun intended, you know. Right. But yeah, that's my that's my working theory on Spider Man right now. So Blue Beetle director promises more Jamie Reyes in the future of the DCU. So Blue Beetle's director Angel Manuel Soto is confident about the return of the character in the future of the DCU, despite the current changes undergoing in the franchise, now that James Gunn and Peter Safran are taking over. Just like Shazam, Fear of the Gods, The Flash, and Aquaman, and The Lost Kingdom, Blue Beetle got caught in the middle of some major changes inside Warner Brothers, Discovery's administration, which have mostly affected the DC Comics franchise. A new universe is being built around the characters from the comic book company, which means many of the characters that have already been introduced will be rebooted. But many actors won't be returning to play their roles within the franchise. But Zolo Maraduena, Maraduena, uh may be one of the exceptions. Earlier this year, it was confirmed that Jamie Reyes is going to be part of the new canon, and now Soto reaffirms it. While promoting the film on the recent press conference in Mexico City, the director spoke about the future of the character. Best of all, the Blue Beetle story is expanding, and we are going to have more of Jamie Reyes in the future. Film follows. Well, we know what the film follows. So I thought that this was interesting, because I remember that, you know, Gunn came out and said that Blue Beetle would be part of, like, them moving forward. They were going to keep Blue Beetle in it. But here's one thing that... 
here's one thing that they need to keep into consideration. At least the director, in my opinion, is like, okay, the trailer for Blue Beetle has a lot of views, yes, but those YouTube views for that trailer don't transition into dollar bills. Nope. Right? So if people don't go watch Blue Beetle and it flops in theaters, what's the likelihood of that character being brought back over, at least in a live-action setting? It's not going to be very, very high. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we got to we got to take it with a grain of salt here. We got to see how the movie performs before we start promising people that the character is going to be coming back. Well, yeah, I agree. I also think too that if they if this if this movie can become a tentpole, because it's very much like it's like it's like a it's like the last Starfighter meets Iron mm. Man. Yeah, right. Like you got alien yeah, the suit. The trailer really chooses, gives off those vibes. Like, like yeah. gives him this suit. He's got this mech suit going on. It's alien. He can do whatever he wants out. with it. Yeah. And so it would be interesting because I feel like it would be very James Gunn because one of the things he made sure was to iterate was that the characters with the, the the main the triple A characters as we'll call it. Uh, or A-list, I guess. Um, they're not going to be reintroduced by an origin story. They're just going to be there. So Superman's going to already be Superman. Batman's going to already be Batman. Like We're not going to tread those waters again. And that's fine. But it would be interesting from Gunn's perspective if some of the younger heroes that we get, we see some of the world revolving around them and their interactions with it. Yeah. You know, save for the actual independent films, put those heroes. But you know what I mean. Like when yeah. it comes down to like, you know, like I would feel like if if they're gonna try to let this movie carry on into the next like chapter, of the gods and monsters thing, I wouldn't be surprised if we're gonna get a you know a some some sort of little cameo nod at the end where someone rolls up and they're like. So yeah, you know, reference a A list hero, and it's like, oh shit, and it cuts off. You know, something simple like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was I thought that this was interesting. I mean, like I said, I think there's a possibility that this character is going to continue forward. But like, I'm really interested to see how this movie performs because Blue Beetle's such a niche character. Um. It's 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 going to be interesting to see. So we'll we'll see. I'm hoping that it's good, and I'm hoping that there's a good turnout, a good reaction to it. But I don't know. The, the trailer looked fine. You know, it looked like a DC movie. It looked it looked fun. But I'm not yeah. like chomping at the bit to go to the theaters to watch it either. You know. Right. Yeah. So. So on to some more interesting things. Black Panther was voted as the greatest superhero movie ever. So the Academy Award winning Marvel outing Black Panther has been voted the greatest superhero movie of all time. And fans of Zack Snyder are not happy. And what's sure to be a controversial list of the top 50 superhero movies ever made put together by Rolling Stone, Black Panther was found to be number one. While Zack Snyder's Justice League has been put at number 50. But it was number one. On their list. If you scroll down, it's like in 20, you see? Yeah. 
Look at these. No, it's I like Kate's rid of screenshots. Kind of no, this was before. What? Okay. You see? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. So it says, but this isn't the reason why fans have been left shaking their heads. No, when the list was first shared, mm. Zack Snyder's Justice League was at the tippy, tippy top with the publication having shared the list in reverse by mistake, presumably. Wow. How do you mistake one for 50? I mean, while Zack Snyder's Justice League now has a very dedicated fan base, the first top 10 included such questionable comic book movie efforts as 2007's Ghost Rider, 1975's Inframan, the first Thor, and 2010's Megamind. Now that the list has been put the right way around, the actual top 10 makes a lot more sense with Black Panther leading the pack that includes the likes of Spider Man 2 the first Superman from 1978, and Christopher Nolan's seminal Batman movie, The Dark Knight. The top ten in its entirety now reads Black Panther, Spider-Man 2, Logan, Avengers Endgame, Superman 1978, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Dark Knight, Thor Ragnarok, Wonder Woman, and finally The Incredibles. While there are arguably still some peculiar peculiar choices and placements here, these movies belong, uh, being placed in the top of the superhero mountain certainly makes more sense than that had been originally than there had been originally overall at least. So they put the top 10 is black Panther, Spider-Man two Logan Endgame, Mm -hmm. Superman, Spider-Man into the spider verse, the dark Knight, Thor Ragnarok, wonder woman, Mm -hmm. and the, so we can just completely discredit this list, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's the, Rolling Stone. Who dude. voted? Yeah, exactly. The people that work there. And exactly. I wonder if it was one of those things where they were going to put it at the top, but HBO well, was like, Ugh, well, it, it's almost like the article, like a lot of lists, they get published to just stir up gossip and discussion. And it's clickbait. Yeah, because, I mean, my top 10 is going to be different from y'all's top 10. And so on and so forth. Well, I would agree that on that list that. Oh yeah, like there's some Zack Snyder does deserve to be. It don't not at fifty. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know nah, I'm man. Considering nah. what he did for the franchise, right. Wonder but... Woman is in is number is is number what nine? Well, it's I'm, even I, in the top ten. Yeah, I've, like... got the, I've got the list pulled up. Hold on. All right, so. Black Panther 1, Spider-Man 2, Logan 3, Endgame 4, Superman 5, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 6, Dark Knight 7, Ragnarok 8, Wonder Woman 9, Incredibles 10, Iron Man 11, Homecoming 12, Days of Future Past 13, the original, yeah, the original Spider-Man 14, Guardians of the Galaxy 15, Infinity War 16, X2 17, Winter Soldier 18, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, number 19, the animated one. Mm-hmm. Superman 2. Well, granted, 20. there is a bit of a cult following. Sure, for the Incredibles. Well, I enjoy Doctor Strange 21, Robocop 22, Deadpool 23, Batman Returns 24, The Rocketeer 25, Darkman 26, Hellboy 27, Batman Begins 28, The Crow 29, Shang-Chi 30, V for Vendetta 31. Unbreakable, 32. 
Unbreakable wasn't Unbreakable, a comic book, though. Blade 2, 33. I mean... I'm good on that list. Paint Girl, 36. Pattinson, Batman, 37. They, they put Multiverse of Madness at 39. Let's see. But I do agree with Spider-Man 2. Oh, it's top tier for yeah, sure. Dude. Yeah. I don't it, think... I don't think... Logan and Endgame are so drastically different in the approach and the type of story they were trying to tell that, like, when you think of, like, Logan is in a league of its own. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a whole other movie first and then a superhero second. Yeah, there's no crying in baseball. Yeah. And, and, it... and Endgame is just, like, the build up to the 10 year, like the big sandbox battle. Yeah. Like I would put infinity war over end game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Wait, was guardians even on there? Yeah. It, it like was like 13. It's just something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that was a top 10 Come film, on. dude. You know what I'm saying? Well, they didn't even rank guardians of the galaxy two or three on there. And here's my thing. I I feel like even though he survived the accident that scarred him and made him who he is, who V he's not yeah. a superhero. I mean, it's based yeah, but the Ro I don't think RoboCop's based off of a comic book either. But what I think the com in. yeah I think the comic came second, right? Yeah. So, well, these are superhero songs. movies and. And the first Blade movie wasn't on there, but they put the second. RoboCop's a superhero. He's a no, robot he's... cop. Yeah. yeah. Well, Not he, a superhero. Well, like, he's here's, just a cop. Here's, if, if it's a character that murders for the greater good, he is an anti-hero. Yeah, I don't agree with this list. Yeah. Especially like, weird. look, dude, I get it. You know, they're probably doing the Black Panther thing. You know, it was sad the dude died. Yeah, but I can name fifty movies that were superhero movies that were better than that movie. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So last up here, SAG after defense interim filming agreements after facing criticism for allowing work during strike. Mm. So a report by Deadline SAG after. Uh, recently responded to the criticism regarding their decision to allow some actors to keep working during the ongoing strike. SAG-AFTRA defended the interim filming agreements, saying that they disagree with those saying that letting some movies and shows move forward could prolong the strike. Amid the strike, SAG-AFTRA's interim agreements have granted independent projects <laughs> the ability to continue production as long as they agree to the Guild's terms. Deadline noted that critics of the interim agreements have included stars like Sarah Silverman, who previously referred to the actors that have continued to work as scabs, though the comedian later stated on social media, I know I, I, know I just must not be understanding something. Okay. In a statement to its members, SAG-AFTRA said, some have suggested that the interim agreement might prolong the strike, but we disagree. We believe the leverage created by increasing 
competitive pressure on the AMPTP and denying them what they want most will force them back to the table and help bring this strike to an end. The message continued. We understand the concern that our interim agreement may produce content uh, for struck companies to distribute. Uh, We are confident that the terms of this agreement, particularly the streaming revenue share, will make distribution of these projects through AMPTP platforms unfeasible until such as a an industry-wide agreement has been breached. Mm-hmm. Uh, SAG-AFTRA additionally noted that before they began negotiations, the committee made the decision to allow producers who may otherwise fall within the scope of the strike order to apply for an interim agreement. Make no mistake, we are striking the AMPTP companies only, not independent productions that abide by the terms of our uh, interim agreement. It behooves us to make this strategic move. They went on to say the interim agreement gives many of our journeymen, performers, and crews the opportunity to pay their rent and feed their families. This approach maintains our strength, solidarity, and upper hand with the AMPTP until they yield to the deal we deserve. The SAG after statement then added that the interim agreement is not a waiver before going on to say it is a contract that includes all terms and conditions for producers looking to employ our members on their specific independent productions. Another part of the negotiating committee's statement declared that the interim agreement is a vital part of our strategic approach to these negotiations and to the strike. If the AMPTP continues to refuse to bargain, our strategy denies them the ability to freely make their own original productions, allowing everyone other than the AMPTP to produce content with our members. The message went on to encourage independent workers to get an interim agreement, saying we urge independent producers to apply and encourage SAG-AFTRA members uh, to work on the projects that obtain an interim agreement along with all of the other permissible work we support. SAG-AFTRA wrapped things up by saying we will continue to work hard to negotiate fair compensation and safe working conditions for our members and we thank you for your continued support through the strike. This sounds like some bullshit. I mean, a strike's a strike, dude. You don't cross the picket line, right? Well, I mean, they're thinking, like, here's... They're like, as okay. long as it's not a big company that makes a lot well, of money. They're like, oh, so basically what they're doing is they're holding out, and they're like, we'll see, A24, I'm going to I don't know if they're part of it, or I don't know what's going on there, but let's say A24 is like, okay, we agree to your interim agreement, right? And we're going to pull, you know, whatever actors, crew members, you know, all that stuff to make this project because we we, we acknowledge the agreement, this, that, and the other. They think that that's going to give them leverage, but, like, look at the amount of money that an A24 movie makes versus, like, you know what I'm saying? An A24 production is not going to net the same, the same as, like, a high, a big studio produced thing, right? So yeah, it's certainly no Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So it's like what, like realistically, like they're going to use this as 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 leverage. But are they really gaining leverage out of that? The only way that they're going to gain leverage out of that is if people that work at these big production companies decide to like go work at these smaller production companies so that they could continue to work. But they're not. Yeah, they're just going to stay there. They'll wait. 
their salary. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah, they're not going to take a pay cut. They'll wait. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I understand. Like bullshit. It does. I understand that them trying to use that as leverage, but it's a slippery slope because it's like, okay, well, what if they agree to it and then they decline it on the back end? You've done all that work for what? I mean, there's some shady ass people out there. You know what I'm saying? Well, so Hollywood's like, very shady, and yeah. So at the end of the day, like I don't know. I don't think it's going to get them where they think that it's going to get them. Dude, I've seen oh. videos of people out there, like you know, protesting, and they got signs, and a lot of them you'll see them, and it's like, well, you don't have anything going on. Yeah. Like you were hot fifteen, ten years ago. Yeah. So, but but these are people that's like, we need to keep friends streaming, and we need to get paid for that. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm you you know what I'm saying? But like, they already got paid. Yeah, but they want those residuals though. Twenty years later. Yeah. But it's a completely <sighs> yeah streaming a, don't pay like TV did. That's gone. Yeah, and that's, that's what gone. I'm saying. Like. I think that everybody needs to like come to an understanding, you know, that like, Hey, things have changed. If you got one person, it's not the entire world. Isn't watching the same nope. TV show. This ain't Seinfeld. No, this no. isn't friends. This isn't no. Seinfeld. This isn't uh, like anything dude, orange like is a new black, huge show. Yeah. I've never watched it. I, I didn't finish it. I watched some of it, but I, mean, I never finished it. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. But we live in, there's just so much content now. I can't watch everything. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's also like a, an example of like companies that are spreading themselves so thin, having all these different writers and especially movies that like take up you know, where there's like 30, 40 people writing that script. And well, like the shows that Disney pulled, they had all these shows. They were like, they're not making money. We're pulling them. We're not paying. Nobody's watching it. They just pulled them. That's what's going to happen. They'll just pull it. Gone. Yep. Hope you watched it when it was out there, because I mean, there's ways, yeah. but well, and and that's the thing though, like they need that. That means that instead of like f- forming a strike, you need to renegotiate your contract deals with whenever yeah. you get signed on to do a project. Like if you get signed on to do a TV show on TV, TV, then that and it has the possibility of reaching syndication. Then that's one thing. But signing on to do a Netflix series, I mean... That's different. Yeah. I mean, it's... Shouldn't expect the same kind of money. Dude, people burn through... As soon as a a season of Stranger Things drop, people burn through it in in a day. For sure, yeah. And then that's it. So that doesn't help the streaming service because you watched it all. Exactly. That's why a lot of them won't... I was surprised that... uh, What's the Twisted Metal? I was surprised they dropped the whole season. I know. Right? I was surprised by that. Yeah. Trav, so, but, I think Trav told me last night he's watched seven out of what? Yeah. Um, um, was that your first setting? You sat down and just whoop. 
which yeah. is only like two and a half hours that you watched. Yeah, and I've got so... about. I, I, today I watched uh, seven, eight, and nine. But you know, Stranger Things did that thing where they split it. Yeah. They released half. They say, like, oh, you got to wait. We got to make sure we um, get that extra month out of you. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so far what I've watched, man, it's not the best. It's not the worst, but it's fun. I mean, it's twisted metal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's heavy on the comedy. Um, it explores some dark stuff, but it never stays there long. What's well, Peacock, right? Yeah. So, um, Will Arnett voicing Sweet Tooth steals the show every time. Well, Will Arnett's a national treasure. Um, Lego the Batman. humor, like, yeah, like the humor, like the humor is like quip a minute, dude. Yeah. Like it's that, that like it's everything's a joke. Yeah. But, uh, when you can get past the bad jokes and there's the good ones, it, it works. But like, I've enjoyed it. I've, 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 I've liked it. It, it, exceed, it exceeded my expectation. Let me say this about, we got Fran Drescher here, the nanny. She's the head of uh, SAG, right? Yeah. Okay. She had a TV show back in the day when it mattered. Yeah. She, I think, created that show. Yeah. Worth a ton of money. Yeah. She could have, I mean, and she's in nothing, right? When's the last time you saw her? Yeah. But you got all these people out here that are like, dude, the, the heads of the studios met were like, well, I mean, we'll just hold that. I mean, they're going to have to go back to work or they'll get kicked out of their homes. Yeah. Well, she's not. He, here's my perspective of how, like, if you guys sit down and really think about it, how many shows from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s did we grow up watching? It, it was a mishmash of like, just like, no, nah, I wouldn't even, I could say I could count them on my, on one hand. I'd no, say between so 15 many. to 20. Yeah. I mean, big shows that were just, yeah, my, my access, my access and interest was not that big, but yeah, at that time when I was really little, I guess. I mean, but like even, even into our high school years, like you had Nick at night. Oh, it got out of hand. Show. I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah, it got out of you, hand. Dude. You had TV Land. You had uh, TNT. Yep. You had all these Fucking TV options, stations. man. Yeah, where you, all it was was syndication everywhere. Yeah. That's all it was. The early, the late 90s, early 2000s was oh. a year of syndication and reality TV. That's all it was. And now, I mean... You can't base what you should be making off of no. the fact that we grew up for the first 15 years of our lives watching stuff that was made before we were born. Yep. It's just, that's the reality of it. Dude, you go on Roku now, that Roku, like live TV. Yeah. Everything's got a channel like they got. Yeah. And it just plays that show yeah. nonstop. It's kind Shout of cool. out to the classic Doctor Who channel. So I mean, it's just you can't you can't base like ah. your career now off of the practices from thirty forty years ago. You just can't. Nope. It, and I'm, yeah, it's it's like the the most you can adjust for times is the inflation with the money. Outside of that, you can't 
you can't apply that same logic to that. Well, and the revenue, it just ain't there like it used to be. No. And also going streaming and making it optional is like really picking the herd thin. Yeah, back then you you had to watch it. That's what's on. Yeah. Yeah, like you had to tough through the 7, 8 o'clock snooze fest for the 9 o'clock interest and shit. Yeah. And not only that, but like how many commercials? Like there's a TikTok channel that is just old commercials that I still remember by heart. Nostalgic. But, mm -hmm. But... but you're not getting advertisers on no. Netflix. Well, you're not getting at even the ones you do see like Hulu has, has like that. You, you don't, I'm not over here singing, you know, free credit report.com. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeehaw. Yeah. So it's just, that's, that's the difference now. And people need to realize that. So they need to get, negotiate a better deal up front and be done with it. Like that's, that's where they need to go. And they're striking because it's like, well, we can't wipe the slate clean. And it's like, well, you don't have a, you don't have a say in the matter. If the studios pull all the content that you were part of down and it's not being watched, then you're not entitled to any residuals. Well, they pulled it because it wasn't doing well. Exactly. Make a better show. Speaking of old commercials, now granted, I don't see them anywhere as much as I used to, but old toy commercials, yeah. Oh, they, you it don't would even be, see those serial commercials. It, nothing. Was, it was the most insane hype factor. The guy would oh, be yeah. like, the new Brawley Brothers, blah, blah, blah. And they'd go on about some shit and they'd be like, and it's got striking action. And the kid would fucking hit it and it would be the most like uneventful movement. Well, when you finally yeah, got the, the thing, it was like, it's not that cool. I mean, but it made you want it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What was the, the one game where they worked. would battle? Crossfire. Crossfire. Yeah. Dude. Don't yeah. get caught up in that. And then I got it and realized I had to have another person to play it with. I like, yeah. Oh, I can't play this shit by myself. Yeah. Oh, dude. Dude, how many times were y'all subjected to the Hungry Hungry Hippos commercial? Yeah. I mean, laser tag. I mean, yeah. I got some oh, dude. They made it seem like it was life or death. Yeah. So they're just going to have to come up with a with an understanding here because they're. I mean, the studios are kind of in the right mindset. It's like, they're not going to be able to hold out. No, they'll go broke. Yeah. And at the same time, the studios will, because they're going to get a buyout. That's the thing that these people need to understand. If the studios can't produce content because the the workers are striking, then the government is going to give them a buyout. Yep. And that's just the way this is going to, so either make a legitimate negotiation for these things right now so that you can move forward and continue working or whatever. I mean, like I hate to be that way, but that's the reality of it. I don't mean to be random, but now I'm thinking of the crossfire commercial. It's like, and, and, and I guess to stay on topic, it's like the way, like, these companies' investments and all this stuff going on and how they're losing money, it's the equivalent to the kid that loses the round of crossfire. He's just back flipping off into nothingness, you know? Like, Yeah. And at the end of the day, like that game, it sounds good on paper. The marketing looks great. But then when you get it, it's fucking shit. Yeah, it ain't nowhere, no hype level like that commercial was. Yeah. 
What's funny, let me add this at the end. For the last three months, there's been no late night TV. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. No. Nobody cares. Nobody watches that shit anyway. No. They watch clips on YouTube. What's crazy is you're right. Nobody cares. I I haven't given it a second thought. Three months. No late night. World keeps turning. Yeah. World keeps turning. I'm ready for trailers, though. Not a lot of options this week. So I just had to grab what I could grab. Bad things. This first first thumbnail, man, like... That's what I thought my face would end up looking like if I didn't start using, like, Stridex pads as a teenager. This one person... There's only two comments, but this one person said, watch it again for the little girl. Okay. Weird. That is weird. Let's see what that means. You guys ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one, play. IGN. Cutter. Okay. Don't know it. Don't know him. Oh, it's haunted. Is it the shining? Yep. The spade all may reach. Molly could still. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> she can get it. Yeah. Okay. You saw the twins. Yeah. Look. Did y'all see her hand? Yeah. Her fingers were cut off. Her hand was like froze and her fingers were cut off on that little girl. Okay, that made sense. Weird comment, but... Yeah. At first, I was like, report. So, yeah, so it's female The Shining. I mean, it don't look terrible. No. I'm down for people losing their minds in a hotel. Red rum. Like, I mean, she never left. Next. Oh, this is a Red Band trailer. For Redville? Sounds like a place that's only got a hardware store of Shoney's that's like not even part of well, the corporation. Well, it used to be Yeah. Now it's a Chinese buffet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they converted it. And then they turned it into a fireworks store for the yep. summer. <laughs> we all Chinese know. Fireworks. We all been there before, you know. There's a fire hall and a city tell. hall together. All right. Three, two, one, play. Is that? Oh, my strong the opposite. Yeah. It's Los Angeles. My strong arm. 
home. So that's not him. Oh, it is. That is Chris Elliott. Yeah. That's Cabin Boy. (laughs) (laughs) What? Different. Is it Redneck Matrix? I thought he was going to say Dick. Is he just going to kill everyone in the town? (laughs) What a weird choice. (laughs) Well, the text, obviously, and the 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 it's got obviously gonna try to be sci-fi i don't want to watch it though it just looks goofy enough yeah i mean it's probably not that good it's got discount taylor kitsch from 10 years ago so it's like repurposed and you know yeah he's back man he's 80 the the one franchise that went full Anakin Skywalker, man. I wonder it if was this cho- is still uh it was the chosen of... one. Cause um it Chris was meant Rock to did the other one, right? Yeah, this is the prequel to Spiral. But it was it was it was meant to revive the horror franchise, not destroy mm. it. Well <laughs> about that. <laughs> He got slapped. He's like, that's why he slapped him. Oh, for the Saw movie. Anyway, three, two, one, play. John Kramer? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what this means. I want to play a game with you. (laughs) What? Oh, not their fault you have cancer. Mm. 
Yeah, you're fucked. I like watching that channel that shows you how to beat the traps. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Good song choice. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think fingers are meant to fold that way. No. Oh, I don't like watching these movies. I don't do torture porn. Nah. Why did they do that? The reveal. Play game. But for real, that channel, you every trap you can beat. Yeah. Well, some of them. Well, yeah, man. Somebody's got to die, but. Yeah. Some of them. Don't have to be you. (laughs) Yeah. Saw really disappointed me in its later sequels. Um. I dipped out at the needle pit. That was when I was like, "Uh uh-uh. Nothing's ever going to really top that first movie. Nah. But, I mean, it doesn't doesn't get me excited. And that sucks because I felt like it should have went on a trajectory where this would have been a more hyped moment. (laughs) Yeah. Head count. I'm here. What do y'all think it's about? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we're kidding. Uh, I mean. Don't read the description. I don't know, man. <laughs> How many people you're killing? Head nope. count? Close. Mm. Well, just make it's sure everyone's there. Is make it sure many, there. Is it how many dicks you're sucking? No, nah, you'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, play. Multiple head deformity, calling it. What the fuck is going on? I kind of want to watch it. It looks so odd. I don't know. I have no idea what's even going on. 
Well, he's counting the bullets. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy's like, going to shoot him, but he's like, all right. I mean, so it's like all of that's happening like within minutes. But he's like, all right, wait a minute. What did I do with the first one? Play that out, you know. Yeah. Comes back. Oops. Let's yeah. Bullet. Oops. Where'd the bullet go? He's probably going to die at the end. Yeah. Or it's the one diversion that works. Oh. Unidentified. Is this about UFOs? It is. I saw this. It looks kind of weird, but I was like, eh, it looks interesting. It's an indie movie. It's a foreign. Less is more. Um, Whenever it skipped ahead where it was like 20-something years, I'm like, fucking prunes, you know? Oh, shit. Okay. So so we get a time gap in this movie? Yeah. Cool. All right. Three, two, one, play. But it looks different. See? Like, that's just down. Already down. So it's like a rival. Yeah. That's so creepy and ominous. 29 years. I'm interested to see them do something. You know, love the aspect ratio. Yeah. So they've just always been there. Less is more. I'm totally down to watch. Y'all want to put that and check it out? That looks really good. Like I mean, I know it was. It didn't tell us hardly anything. But just the just the plot they laid out. that's that's crazy. I like. I saw that. Was like, oh. I I try to check that uh, Rotten Tomatoes that indie Mm -hmm. page because they're always having little things pop up. It's like, oh, what's that? Oh, I thought Rotten Tomatoes indie was like movies from India. Mm. Wildens, Wildens, Wildens. Well, I feel like I feel like just <laughs> fucking around. I feel like it's, it it could possibly be a very entertaining slow burn. You I know feel what I like mean? it's not gonna it's not really gonna be about the aliens a lot, but just yeah, people, be, yeah, living their the life while the aliens thing. are there. Yeah, and that's different. Yeah, I Ooh. like that. Number one trending. Oh. Oh, I'm excited for this, guys. Loki. When I saw this, I was so, like, this came out of nowhere. So, dude is going to be in the Deadpool movie. Owen Wilson is playing the same character in the Deadpool movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Mobius. Yeah. So, Two I don't minutes know. And 26 seconds. If we yeah. know Marvel, they're going to give us a lot. I hope. Maybe Griffin, did you Maybe see not. that TikTok where Dean runs up and it's him in the suit? He's like, oh, his shadow. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. Yeah, dude. So funny, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> Hunker down. I'm fucking full screen in it. 
Three, two, one, play. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is awesome. He did some time slipping of himself. Yeah. Okay, she's still there. Interesting. Oh. Key lime pie. October! The check from, uh, Lovecraft Country? You're good? <laughs> He's going to be so good at this. Oh, my God. Bet. Oh, it's Frederick Tesla. Dude, that was the original King. They're about to make up for that fucking secret invasion. Look, man, that looks, don't get me wrong. No, no, nothing against the trailer. It looks great. Just hear me out, guys. The BBC goes all in. We get a theatrical Doctor Who story. Tom Hiddleston's the doctor. Yeah. He's old. He's old enough for big budget action sequences. Like he can play like an old being in a like mortal's body like he can nail that like come on just make a super expensive episode of doctor who and cast him as one of the incarnations i'm excited for this i mean I already what had one we... picked out, and then I ran across this one, and I was like, I'm going to have to bookmark another one. Because when are we not, you know? This one's. Is this next level? I mean, it's just over the topness. I mean, slow mo and brown pants, dude. You'll see. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely some brown pants. Sunglasses. <laughs> they got sticks. Mustache. For sure. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Danger zone. Three, two, one, play.
<laughs> the slow mo starts, you know. Tone shift. <laughs> Gotta have a song. Is this post? Is this? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Ah. God. <laughs> Mustache is something. Wylands. Mm. Did he just stop that Jeep? He did. <laughs> okay. Look. Damn. <laughs> If I ever go to Indy, I expect them to break out in song and dance at some point. Right. Bet. I wonder how badass or not badass... A Indian like theater is like one in like a big city or something. Cause like the trailers make it seem like if you go to the movies in India, it's, it's gonna be deal. a silly goose time. What the fuck are we gonna watch? So, I'm leaving Thursday night to go on vacation. That's right. right? And then I will be back on Sunday night. So, if whatever it is we watch, since we're not going to have a movie or a a TV show, if we pick something that's like two hours or less, that would be very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm going to be Mr. Chauffeur. Uh, for the, for the weekend. So, you know, 
Is there anything that's come out? I mean, there's it's a like, bunch of shit, but it's like, oh, we got to watch this. Shit. The devil's out. Woohoo! Is that the Nick Cage? Yeah. Wait, what about um, what about Renfield? That's out. I haven't watched that. Let me look and see. I'm looking at what's up, av- What's available here uh, on my side that's already available? Renfield is an hour and a half. Well, we've got Renfield. We've got, um, let's see, Sisu. <laughs> Dude, that movie. Ah, have you guys haven't watched that? Because it's. No. I'll watch it again. Yes, I'm down. I will. It's the machine. Good, dude. My grandfather loved it. He was. Like, Is it better than John Wick? Ah, uh, it's different, but it's it's good, <laughs> dude. It's super over the top, man. Just. I'm I mean, down I'm like, for it. Yeah. I'm I'm here for it, you know? Sisu. Hour and a half. Yeah, let's do it. Check some oh. motherfucking mail. I know uh I'm certainly not saying for like next week or anything or whatever. But at some point you guys grind out twisted metal and we give it a for review. sure gonna watch it. Uh, I, I would. The, it's better than its marketing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I give it that much. Like, see, so down. I'm deep also, deep I wanted to let you know this, Trav uh, Griffin. Last mm-hmm. week's episode put us at seven hundred and two hours of audio. So. Holy shit. Here's to a thousand. 